Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Nick. And this is going to be a little different this time around. It, uh, our first partial year of podcasting has come to a close, and that marks the end of movies for 2012. So we're going to be doing our top 10 of 2012 uh, end-of-the-year wrap-up. The year in review. Yeah, so we'll get a chance to talk about some movies that we didn't talk about on, on the podcast before. Unfortunately, we didn't start before summer movie season this year, because yeah. a lot of those movies would have been fun. Yeah. But we can we can touch on them now, which is why Absolutely. I'm really excited about this. Absolutely. So um, we're hoping to be a little bit more regular from here on out. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Things have stabilized over. a bit. Yeah. So we're we're back to homeostasis. So <laughs> yes, <clears throat> for you nerds out there, you sound so smart. Yeah, you're so smart, Alex. Um. All right. So uh, we strong arm Nick into numbering his list. Not really. It's <laughs> just kind of like okay. Still tweaking it. That's <laughs> still, fine. It's a work in progress. Um. He's like he's like Peter Jackson. He's still editing the movie like two hours yes. before it gets shipped yes. out. Um. Joss Whedon's still working on the script until the movie's released. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're going to go through. Willie's going to start. He's going to start at number 10. Then Nick's going to give his number 10. And then I'm going to give my number 10 and so on and so forth. Uh, so without further ado, Willie Gibbs, your number 10 movie of 2012. Number 10. This is also my most, <clears throat> one of the most surprising movies for me. I saw the trailer. Wasn't nuts about it. Didn't even chuckle. Saw the movie at a free screening and loved it. 21 Jump Street. (laughs) Any movie that can make me like Channing Tatum must be doing something right. Preach. It must be. Yeah. And and it's... Ice Cube is funny in this movie. (laughs) Can anybody name the last time Ice Cube was that funny? Nope. No. It's... it's, Probably like Friday. It's a very funny movie. State of the Union. I hope a sequel... Doesn't ruin it. It probably will, but hmm. I will forever have Twenty One Jump Street. And the cameo is awesome. Probably the best cameo of the year. Easily. Yeah. One cameos. Of, cameos. Yes. But one in particular, of course, is and it the way it's handled. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to tell you, but it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty One <coughs> Jump Street. It's, I'll say it's not on my list, but it is by far the best comedy that came out this year. I think so. F you, Ted, because it wasn't that good. But no, overrated. <clears throat> 21 Jump Street was quite a surprise. Absolutely. So. And lots of action, too. Yeah. It actually kept you... Um, it, it, there were some cool action scenes. And so. the, the, it wasn't just funny because it was funny, but they played with your expectations as well. Absolutely. The, the explosion <clears throat> gag, if you think about it, is just it follows the rule of threes, which is in itself amazing and mm-hmm. then on top of that it's just it brilliantly subverts your expectations oh totally so it's 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 a fun movie and it's it's a very rewatchable movie so yeah. it's one of those comedies i will find myself when i'm you know and this is not a slight against the movie by any means but when i'm sitting around doing homework or doing chores or something i will throw it on and i'll laugh my butt off the whole time yep so yes number 10 21 jump street all right nick number 10 <clears throat> okay Okay. 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 Uh, so pretty last minute. I hope I don't end up changing my mind on the order of any of these things. 
since I only had about my top three figured out when you I have sat the, down. You have the next like hour and a half. To I feel I feel go pretty back. good. I mean, they're all my whole list is kind of grouped in threes. Like within the three positions together, they're all kind of flexible, especially near the bottom. Okay. But I'm gonna go with uh, number ten. I think I'm gonna say Wreck It Ralph. All nice. Right. All right. Nice. Liked it a lot. Um, a lot more than I thought I would. <clears throat> the only reason it's not higher on the list is because the the second act gets a little bogged down, and it gets a little too kitty. Um, but the third act is so good, and the big moment that the whole movie's been building up to was so goosebump inducing. Yeah, it actually succeeded on a level that a lot of the superhero movies this year didn't. And uh, <clears throat> it's it's weird that that the one one of the, the like I think the only animated movie I saw this year was Wreck-It Ralph, straight animated movie, and it's somehow the movie I saw this year that most emotionally resonated with me on yeah. a from from a character standpoint. Yeah, it's. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it, 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 it really, it was just a very good all-around mm-hmm. enjoyable movie. I completely agree. I, I completely agree. All right, my number 10 would be Ryan Johnson's Looper. Ah. I was a pretty big fan of Looper. I know some people got bogged down in the details of, like, you know, the rules of time travel and whatnot, but... Uh, and and even even at this moment in the movie, I was kind of pissed off at it. But there's a point in the movie where Bruce Willis is just like, "Shut up, stop thinking about it, because it's never gonna work out." Mm-hmm. And I kind of now now that I look back on it, I kind of admire it for that. Just being like, you can go over the rules as much as you want, but we don't even know how time travel works in real life, so this movie isn't gonna figure out the secret to it. Yeah, you can never make time travel make sense because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> I just gave Alex a very wily really look. Really just figured out time travel. Yes. What you um, don't know is in the next room over, there's a time travel machine. Uh, but on top of that, the time travel is really just kind of like a device in the film to tell the story, which is something that we've never seen before. It's like, what if you do head-on meet yourself if you went back in time? Like, what are the consequences of that happening? And I kind of like the story that it explores and exactly how things work out, even if uh, not everything is wrapped up in a neat little bow in the end of the movie. It just kind of stands for what it is. There's a lot of very smart filmmaking in it. There's very cool moments. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, some of the makeup looks goofy, but it's I just kind of look past it because I didn't have that big of a problem with it. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mostly in line with your thinking on it. My only thing with, with Looper is I feel like the first hour I was like, wow, I'm going to yeah. love this movie. Yeah. I, I did like the movie, but the first hour I was like, I'm going to love this movie. And then... It's a wild change. It in, shifts. In, and I wasn't yeah. as nuts about the second half as I was about the first. Fair enough. So Fair enough. Any thoughts, Nick? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Prob- it probably could have made... I probably could have put that as my number 10. I didn't... I wasn't as... I don't know. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. On to Willie's number nine. Number nine. Another one of my most surprising movies of the year. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. All right. Didn't go see it in the theater. Um, not because I didn't want to necessarily, but I was hating on the movie a little bit, I'll be honest, because it's a change. And I wasn't nuts about the stuff I was seeing in the in the trailers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and when it came out on Blu-ray, I checked it out, and I was very pleasantly surprised. It was way better than I thought it would be. Now, 
weirdly enough, it's also the most flawed movie on my list, in my opinion. <laughs> it's actually least less flawed than Twenty One Jump Street, in my opinion. But it's 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 a great movie. It is, despite somehow feeling like there's chunks missing yeah. from the story. Um, yeah. It still works, and it makes me want to see a sequel badly. See where it goes next. So, yeah. I'll I'll say it it did not make my list. Ah. I liked it. it. Wasn't one of my favorite movies of the year, but uh, you know, a lot of the problems that you listed were things that just kind of stuck out with me. Mm-hmm. And we talked about there were two movies that I rewatched before watching this list, mm-hmm. or before making the list. And I watched Spider Man, and it just didn't come together for me the second time around like I hoped it would. Okay. So. And that's I, I get that because it is, it it's not a movie that's. You can you can very easily see the spots where, at least I could where there were there, were paths they wanted to go yeah. down that they inevitably didn't go down. Yeah. And it can be a little distracting. Yeah. And I think it you know for whatever reason it didn't bother me as much, but I totally get why, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, for <clears throat> me, the biggest flaw for me is that it retells the origin story. And it doesn't feel different enough from that to have even occurred. It's like you end up wasting a good 45 minutes in this movie, which could have been chopped out. Right. For, you know, and just because you think it's different because there's different actors in it. When, I mean, yeah, Uncle Ben was awesome. And, you know, it would be nice to retell that story but it just didn't they didn't differentiate it enough for me to think that it was necessary and for me the the i guess i agree with the backstory and and the the high school stuff and the stuff with flash thompson is very similar um in some ways almost beat for beat in certain ways but but i think the peter parker character and his conflict is different enough from the peter parker we've seen before to make keep me you know what I mean? To keep yeah. me enthralled in the movie. Fair that enough. was it was the character that was keeping me interested more so than the high school drama and the and and quite frankly I think uh I think that obviously Andrew Garfield and uh Emma Stone have better chemistry. I mean yeah. they're dating in real yeah. life, so they should. Um than Tobes and and Kirsten Dunst. So Tobes. Tobes. Alright. Nick. Uh Pretty confident about this one. Number nine is The Master, Paul Thomas right. Anderson. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to make my top ten initially, and then when I ran down the list of movies I saw this year, it was a lot shorter than I thought it was. And I was like, and then I thought more about the movie, and I realized that it really does need a place <clears throat> in my top ten. Um, I really love PTA. He's one of my favorite directors. I think he's one of the top three most talented working directors today. Uh, it's got killer performances. The movie's very meandering. But that has never really bothered me, so I was really okay with it. It wasn't as uh, as good as his last couple movies, but <clears throat> I still really liked it a lot. The performances are really good, and I think it was a really important movie to see <clears throat> right now. With um, you know, its its allegory to Scientology is pretty intense. Yeah. And, but it can it can move even beyond Scientology and just any organization. Faith, yeah. Of any sort. Yeah. And I think that it was probably a pretty important movie for a lot of people to see that will never see it. Yep. But I think it's uh, it's definitely a kind of a public service announcement in a weird way that you know some people are just crazy. <laughs> yeah. In their in their belief, and um, I don't know. It's 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 got a lot of interesting stuff 
in it that I think you can take away from it if you want to. If you're just there to watch a movie, you're probably not really going to like it. But if you're there to try to maybe take something from it, you can potentially take a lot from it. Another, I haven't seen it again yet. Another viewing could boost it higher. It could, it could annihilate it from my list. Who knows? But I, I did really <laughs> like it. I thought there was a lot of great. I mean, on a technical si- side of things too, it was awesome, all around. And um, the two lead actors, yeah, Joaquin was yeah, that's, ridiculous. This was that's one of my favorite performances of the year. I I didn't like the master. We talked about this. I didn't I didn't like the movie, but he's insane. He transforms into a character without having to. And I'm not trying to knock any actors that have done this, but he's he does it without having to have prosthetics put on his face, and you know, co- major costume changes and hair changes, and he doesn't yeah. have to do that. The guy's no. definitely. A I don't really, see Joaquin. He's got a really talent. A real. He does, and I talent. I. I always yeah. liked him before. I was glad. I was glad that this is like his big comeback movie. Yeah. And it'd be it'd be killer if he won an Oscar for it, but I know he's not going to. No. But. Um, DDL, yeah. yeah, DDL's got that shit in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the master number nine. All right, all right. My number nine, Andrew Stanton's John Carter. Number nine. Number nine. Ooh, number shocking. Nine. I loved John Carter so much that I saw it. I'm hearing three past times here. in the theater. No, I'm just saying I saw it three times in three days, almost a fourth in four days. Jeez. Uh, this is terrifying. <laughs> Why is this your number nine? It's a brilliant movie, but it has flaws. And the more that I watch it, the more I feel how much it bogs down whenever Deja Thoris is on the screen. And I'd have to say that that's probably my biggest uh, my biggest issue with the movie is pacing in Deja Thoris. Deja Thoris is the... Lynn Collins' yeah. character. And it, she, you know, she as a character is fine, but just the way that the movie operates, it's almost like it moves into slow motion whenever she's there, and then as soon as she's gone, takes right, right back, back up. into action, and you know. Well, she's mostly exposition. Yeah, and that's the issue, and you know, but sure. Still, I- it's. A beautifully made movie. Oh, absolutely. It's a shame that we'll never see a sequel. It's, it's a shame. It's probably that, the most underrated movie of the year. Absolutely. It's a shame that Andrew Stanton's probably never going to make a movie again. No, I'm just kidding. It's a shame that Taylor Kitsch is probably never going to make a movie again. That poor guy. That's probably true, but. No. <laughs> Savages was the last straw. Savages. <laughs> the Cage. third bomb this year. It's movie after movie after movie. And That's that true. Sucks. That's true. People love But Nick he doesn't Cage, have a though. soul. I assume that. <laughs> You know, he's a machine. But no, I I understand though because I I watched John Carter, um, with a couple people recently who had never seen it. Yeah. And they really enjoyed it. It was their first viewing. But I'm I'm I, th- I think it's like the third time I've seen it. Yeah. It, it's not quite as good. It doesn't. I don't think it's gonna get like worse the more I watch no. it by any means. But after the fir- the spectacle of the yeah. first time you see it has kind of washed away. You see. You can things. see it in a more yes in a brighter light, yes. which. Uh, and you know, still great. Though. It is low on my list, but I think the movies above it do deserve it, and we'll get to that. But John Carter, absolutely one of my favorite movies of the year. I think more people should have given it a chance, and they probably would have liked it. But you know, I'm, it's not like I'm going to see Jack Reacher. It's not like I saw Michael Clayton. I'm not going <laughs> to see Cross. John Carter or Alex Cross. You know, it, the title tells you nothing. The the marketing was horrible. So yeah. it's you know, that can't entirely be blamed on T. Kitch. Nope. <laughs> All right, so that was my number nine. 
And on to number eight. Number eight, The Hobbit. Okay. Um, it was just so cool being back in Middle Earth again. It really was. Like, I was worried about it. I was like, I wonder if the magic's gone. And I would say that to a certain degree that might be true, a little yeah. bit, but not enough to ruin it for me. I don't feel, I don't quite feel the passion in it that I did from Lord of the Rings. Because I think really great directors and, and filmmakers and teams built around the movie, you can, if you're if you're watching it, you can actually feel like the fun they had and like, you just, it comes off the screen. Yeah. And this time, not as much. It's a little more methodical than I felt like, you know, Lord of the Rings was, but it's still, it's so cool to be back in Middle Earth. And it was so cool to see some of those characters again mm-hmm. and see the new characters and and uh it's different enough tonally and and even from it looks different enough to where it's it's still kind of a, not a new universe but a new kind of uh view into the the universe yeah so because peter jackson's made a, a diff- couple movies since yeah he's finished with that so he's learned a little bit and it's cool it's and, and i think it was cool <clears throat> just to see a movie in a new format even if i wasn't nuts about everything to do with that format. Yeah. I think it was cool a cool experience to see something done technically in a completely new way. So Okay. Yeah. I think The Hobbit did not make it on my list. I think it would have if if the source material material was a little bit closer to my heart. I think it was a very good movie. I think it has some flaws, but that's true of any movie that you could see this year, so mm-hmm. Alright. Nick, number eight. Yo, dog, what's your number eight? My number eight, um, in maybe debating my list, I might have bumped a little bit higher, but not too much. Um, number eight, I'm going to say The Avengers. For me. Ah. All right. Avengers. Um, <clears throat> I have such mixed feelings about this movie because I love the third act so, so, so much. And I hate the first act so, so, so much. And I'm... <laughs> enjoy the second act a lot <laughs> it just at least it gets better as it goes on <laughs> yeah i mean i'm looking at all the movies on my list in ways i feel like avengers is the most flawed because it the plot is just so crazy and i know that it's it would just be the biggest struggle to make this movie a cohesive plot but i i can't give it any any i can't uh just give it any credit for for that necessarily I mean, it it's really cool for what it is. Definitely, just bringing together all these various threads. It's definitely a cinematic achievement that you know will go down in history. Um, it already has, and um, it's just one of those ones where every time I watch it, I like it a little bit less, and that kind of bums me out. But it will always be one that I will remember in the theater as just being like the shit. <laughs> the third act was just so 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 cool. But I have really high hopes for the second one. I hope it. I hope they take some of the some of the negative feedback from the first one and kind of take it into consideration. But um, yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. It's really cool. Tavanjar. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I have nothing to say about any of my movies. My brain is so mushy right now. That's all right. Start thinking as we're talking. It's um, it did so many things so right though. But some of the things I felt it was so were so wrong that it just kind of falls in the in the middle. Like on my list, numbers eight through like four could all are all pretty interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. Like this could easily in like ten minutes I could easily say like oh it's it's actually number five. <laughs> but I don't know. I think everybody in it is is good though. It's it's cool. But we'll see we'll see how the second one goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely really looking forward to it. 
But um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Uh, my number eight probably could have been swapped with my number nine, and I'd be okay with it. Would be Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, I I think it's the superior Disney movie just because it's so much more concise. Yeah. And it also I think the message gets through very clearly. Yeah, but it it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm being pandered to the whole time. No, not not it at is all. Really, really, really well written. It's it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, candy coated medicine. It's it's really, really, really ridiculously well written. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like one of those movies. If I had if I had seen it as a kid, which probably would have made it even better. Yeah. Um, that I could that I would cherish it. You know what yeah. I mean? It would be one of those like Lion King. Like now, yeah. I'm not saying that it's a better movie or as good as Lion King, but it's if this, it would be one of those, you know, if real this close. This movie would have come out in the thick of Mario and Sonic like madness. Mm-hmm. I would assume that it probably would have been in like the legendary status for kids our age. Absolutely. Like, if that was like, if this movie somehow in this form could have come out, then that would have been you know, yeah, pretty pretty solid for us and i think it still will be anyway it's just one of those mm-hmm. things that it's so smartly written and and so well put together that it's and the hard voice to cast is awesome voice cast is yep. amazing everybody yeah. is great alan tudyk gotta give props to tudyk. oh yeah john c Riley. john c Riley awesome. is amazing as always so lovable it was all it was yeah yeah, all yeah. so good great so, cast anyway wreck ralph very awesome willie number seven Number seven. I just saw this like yesterday or the day before. <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's the follow-up to Hurt Locker um, from Catherine Bigelow, who her, her best movie is still Near Dark. If you guys haven't seen that, you're I don't know. It's Point Break. Sweet. Pretty good. Dude, Near Dark is awesome. <laughs> it's got a vampire Bill Paxton. Okay, <laughs> just saying. But um, nice. no. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty is. It's a great movie. Um. It is very, you can tell, now I'm not saying I'm an expert on the hunt for Osama Bin Laden by any means, it's not what I do in my free time, yeah. but uh, you can tell that they they knew the facts. You yeah. can just see it come through on the screen that, I'm not saying everything is 100% correct, because it probably isn't, no. but I mean, in, in certainly during the raid sequence, uh, spoiler alert if you didn't watch the news in the last, what, three years, four years, like, yeah, they've been hunting for Osama Bin Laden, and they caught him and killed him. <laughs> um, uh he uh the, the the raid sequence it seems like every little detail even if it was like something that most filmmakers would consider like eh we don't need that in the movie it's not really it doesn't advance the plot like uh soldier's leg falling through the helicopter yeah nothing major happens because of that but it's it happened yeah and you can, and they they kept it in there and it that that was cool I, especially during that sequence one of the things to that I'll say mm-hmm. that sequence lasts about 25 minutes. That's only a few minutes shorter than what the yes. actual rate. It's almost real time. Yeah, and um, the the cast amazing. is amazing, and amazing. the supporting cast. There are people in this movie that I never thought in a million years you'd see in a movie like yep. this. Yep. The what's the guy from Parks and Rec? What's his name? Uh, what's he's, he's married to uh, <laughs> he's married to um, this is Aziz Osama. Oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, the leads, one of the lead soldiers. He is one of the the squad leaders in SEAL Team Six. It's a s- <laughs> and he's jacked. This he's, dude is huge. Yeah. I'm like, where did you come from? He's such a dope in Parks and Rec too. But, it's so weird. But to he see him. he 
he's perfect in this. And then I'm horrible with names today for some reason. The guy from the league, Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass, Duplass as a CIA Mark Duplass operative. showed up in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, "What?" And some of these guys are Star only Lord. in the movie for five minutes, but they're so good. Mark Strong, awesome yeah, with always. hair, always yeah. with hair, guaranteed and, elevation of your. Movie and let's not forget, of course, Jessica Chastain. Amazing. Amazing. Her, her character arc is so good. Yeah. That it's a fantastic God, damn movie. Damn it, I should have gone and seen it. It deserves the Golden Globe that it, she won last night. Yes. And presumably the Oscar. Deserves an Oscar, win. too. Yeah. She's she's a great actress, and she's going to be one of those actresses I think it's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. They say that about a lot of people when they're first coming kind of up, but yeah. I think this one's this one's true. So, anyway, it's fantastic. <sighs> so bummed I didn't see it yet. I feel like it, I feel in my bones it would have cracked my next top four. next podcast. We'll we'll ask you what you thought about it because you'll have seen it. By I actually show, had plans so. to go see it last night at ten fifteen. I was going to go to the late showing, and I just was too dog tired for yeah. this past week. That's not one that you can see at ten at night. It's just so long that I think it, you do it a disservice by. And it's by no means a fast paced movie for the first huge I'm, chunk of it. Yeah. But I I have to go see it soon now. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll see it tomorrow. Ugh. You should. <laughs> Nick, number seven. Seven, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. My number six and number seven, I've literally switched them three times. <laughs> right now, for number seven, I think I'm going to land on The Hobbit. All right. Um, I, I love the source material so much, and the movie did a very cool job of including almost... It did include almost the whole, the whole first third of that book. Um, and many and some other extra books stuff. too. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it, the mo, the whole, yeah. the whole chunk of the book is almost is there, and there's just and there's more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really, it's a very, very, very good movie. And I'm sure if I think about it more, it'll probably, I'll probably wish I had put it at number six or number five. But um, <laughs> Nick, what's your number six? Bogged the down. Hobbit. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> what's gonna, your number we're five? We're gonna come back around. He's gonna say the Hobbit. <laughs> um. It is very, it is very cool, and there's there's a couple key lines of dialogue from this movie that I walked away from just shaking my head, going, "Wow, this is so good." There's some really, really like, I can't think of any lines in the Lord of the Rings trilogy that I can really apply to like real life. Like yeah. these are lines, these are quotes you could see in like a quote book. But there's a couple in this movie that are just so good, and the actors deliver them with such conviction that I, I was totally caught up in it. Especially Martin Freeman as Bilbo, he's just so good. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, Richard absolutely. Armitage is really good too. Yeah, the cast is great. Um, the forty-eight frames. I mean, this movie should be higher on my list just by the amount of time it made me talk about movies again. Like it, it reignited something in like the technological world that makes it deserve some serious praise mm-hmm. and some yeah. discussion. On that merit alone, I mean, if we were making these lists on technical merits, it would it would be way up there. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just very very solid all around movie. I really really like it cast is like we said great the visual effects are cool the 48 frames like works so well like 80 percent of the time and then the other 20 percent i was always kind of like ah but you know i've watched a thousand movies in my life probably and none of them looked like that so it's really hard for my brain to go this is okay i'm okay with this it was very jarring but um yeah it's a very good movie I look forward to talking about it on my number six and number five spots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the soundtrack, like like you you said it really well. It really it was uh, it was very cool to be back in Middle Earth. Like yeah. As soon as the the text scrolled across the screen and the yep. and the theme kicked in, I was just like really into it. Why are you doing that? We're gonna sing the Lonely Mountain. <laughs> I don't oh, okay. I don't I don't know the entirety. <laughs> 
I know it starts like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, we do this the, for the like the an themes, hour. The themes in this one were really, really cool too. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. The Lonely Mountain theme was very, very neat. Misty mountain. That I think this movie probably one of the very minute details of it. Just the whole through line of Gandalf's, the person who you don't, the person who you sac or uh, you spare, you spare yeah. may may the life you you choose to spare may be something like that. Yeah, yeah, like may may be more important than the one you choose to kill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that the way that that syncs up with the Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, it's that's beautiful. The moment um, the moment that that Bilbo spares Gollum completely sets the stage for his entire everything yep. that happens after yep. that yeah that the whole riddles in the dark scene yep. is it is the connective tissue that yep. lives between these it's, two that's movies. the birth that's of the, lord of the rings that's the linchpin of the entire uh, yep. if we're going to throw a third metaphor around that's the <laughs> <laughs> linchpin of the entire lord of the rings universe everything that follows. you're listening to the metaphor podcast <laughs> that is the venn diagram that <laughs> oh boy all right okay don't get me going on vens no it's uh you're it's passionate damn, about your vens yeah, I, I love a good venn diagram all right. It's uh, it's just a damn good movie. It is. It, it really I is. Put it number six. <laughs> All right. All right. Um. So my number seven. A movie that I had no clue that was going to be anywhere near my list when the year started. Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Ah. I had no clue that this that I would love this movie as much as I did, and it's. It's a coming-of-age story, you know, a kid in high school, and I assume that if I would have seen this back when I was a kid like that, it would have hit me even harder than sure. it did this time around. But the characters, you know, it, it's it's easy to watch the trailer and be like, oh, well, this is clearly indie movie the movie, and, you know, she's... Didn't I say that? Yeah, really probably. Said. And she's, she's quirky because she's quirky, and that's the gay best friend and whatever. Okay, fine. Right. But... Do you know too? <laughs> the I I really like the way that the characters present themselves in the movie. Just the way that um, Logan Lerman, I think I would be happy with him receiving a nomination for this role, despite the fact that he's not going to. But I think he's definitely somebody to watch in the future. From this movie alone, I think he could show up on on some awards lists later on. But I've heard some people compare it to. Um john hughes a little bit i think i think the movie is a product of somebody who grew up on john hughes movies. which is cool yeah. it, it makes i mean i'm going to watch it at some point um but no i that when i heard that and i heard your your kind of review of, of it i i actually was like okay maybe this is more than just it's a because it, the, the the trailer is very much by the numbers you know that's have um, by the numbers Fox Searchlight like it you was know, yeah. it totally was so so I, might as well have said Focus Features yes Focus yeah, Features exactly exactly but, but you know with some sort of indie acoustic song in the background yeah. from some weird German band no one's ever heard of probably except a scene for these of kids. a kid riding on a bike looking like he's free for the first time in yeah <laughs> we're standing in the rain going the scene at the school dance where they stare at each other across the room that it, and that's the thing is that it does hit all of those notes but. That's not what the movie's about right. at all. The movie's got a real heart to it. That's which cool. Most of those most of those indie movies are like, hey, I'm making my first movie and I put it all on my credit card, check it out. Yeah. But this doesn't feel that way. Yeah. That's, so that's cool. I'm gonna check it out. First being a wallflower. Yeah, you made me want to see it after you know after you talked about it initially. I wanted to turn off the cynical switch for a minute and sit down and watch it. 
I think it's certainly slow, worth though. a watch. It's certainly worth a watch. Okay. Willie, number six. Number six. We talked about this one. John Carter. All right. Had no interest in seeing it until you dragged me <laughs> kicking and screaming, and I'm very happy you Nick did. Nick technically dragged you. I. Uh, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll give you both credit for it. Okay. Um, no, it's 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 a cool movie. I liked it a lot. Um, it's uh, there are some problems here and there, yes, but I I think I love it more because I am pissed that people don't love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you want to root for it? That's, yeah, like yeah. it's the underdog. Like, come on. Nick I, and I find ourselves on that end of the stick very, yeah, like, very often. All the time. I just, like, all I, the time. I, I, I really like John Carter a lot. I don't yeah. need to say anything more about it. It's very cool. The last ten minutes are so amazing to me. Like, the last ten minutes, the way that it all gets woven together and the momentum that it hits at that yeah. point. And, and the, the moment oh. for me where I was... I. Not that I wasn't enjoying myself in the theater watching it, but the moment for me where I knew I was sold on it and I was like, this is a movie that I will own and watch multiple times in my life, was John Carter <clears throat> sends them away. He's telling Willa to go. Willa's like, no freaking way, you're my boy. And they <laughs> oh, th- yeah. that battle scene. That's one of my favorite was, scenes. Oh. Intercut with him if yeah. we were doing going back to favorite his house scenes of the yes. year. If we were doing favorite scenes of the year, that would be up there. This alone makes me want to put it higher. I'm going to make you feel like shit by the time I get to it. <laughs> so, so, yeah. John Carter. Uh, Nick, number six. Number six for me is Lincoln. Lincoln. Um, all right. Oh, it was initially, I think I had it at number seven. I think I had it at number eight initially, actually. I don't know. Whatever. It was something. Um, it was not number six. Lincoln is an awesome movie for so many reasons. Um, it is a movie that could only be made by Spielberg, I think. And it's one of those movies that while you're watching it, it re- just reminds you of why Spielberg is the boss. Because he just, he, dude is such a genius. And the movie is the total opposite of War Horse. And that War Horse like, had all this amazing technical moments, like these crazy shot of the camera flying through trenches the horse chasing and all these beautiful technical cameras camera work and there's very 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 Lincoln's little very Lincoln totally subdued. lets the actors take yeah. the stage which is exactly what it needed and it is so well done in that regard I think uh, the cast is ridiculously good from DDL on all the way down to Gail and uh, <laughs> Gail Bedeker <laughs> yeah and Lee Pace always Peter Quill in my heart well, uh, was really, really good. Tommy Lee Jones, just he and DDL should be the two Oscar winners this year. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. That's Sally that's, Field, that's I heard was really I, good too. That's why I root for Sally Field. Yeah, she did it. These two, Sally Field and DDL, did such an amazing job of deconstructing the myth of these two people. And Link or DDL plays him unlike anyone has ever played Abraham Lincoln before. He played him like a real beaten down human being who is so goddamn tired, mm-hmm. and it's just. It reads so much in his posture, the way he walks. He just drags himself around, wearing slippers all the time. He yeah. just looks... The dude just looks so defeated. It's like me. And yet, in his eye, there's just this insane twinkle of, like, I'm a beast, and I'm going to get shit done. And <laughs> yeah. He has such amazing monologues in this movie, and such amazing dialogue, and it's just... It's ridiculous how... I saw it twice, and... um I went to see the second time. Someone was like, "Hey, uh, when do you want to go?" And I was like, uh, "I would totally be down to see Lincoln again." And they were like, "Okay, that's a weird movie to just say you're down to see the <laughs> second time." But and I was like, "It's awesome! Like, it's just it's really well done." And for for a dialogue heavy movie, it's just very good. 
And it, it, it just is one of those movies that has those little beats of comedy throughout it, too. Yeah. And the trio of, <laughs> of John Hawks, Tim Blake Nelson, and, John, and uh, James, James Spader. Spader are so... I want to see the spinoff movie of those three. <laughs> it's so good. Especially James Spader. He's He steals the, the scene in every scene he's in. I... Okay. I, I did not like Lincoln as much as a lot of people did. And one of the one of the things about it is that the cast is extremely impressive and all of them are very good, but I feel as though when you have DDL and David Strathairn and Tim Blake Nelson, those three alone really like disappear and they become part of the movie. Whereas all the other ones it's kind of like I'm looking at Tommy Lee Jones, I'm looking at Joseph Gordon Levitt, I'm looking at uh, Lee Pace. Lee Pace looks amazing. Like I want that to be a costume for you, so that you can wear it. But what? It's I don't know. It's a Fernando just, Wood costume? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what the market's like for that, but no. But for some reason, I found it very distracting. A lot of the stars that were in that were in the movie, and it, you know, it. Tommy they, Lee Jones plays that part with such vigor, though. It's like. He does, but for some reason it feels like Tommy Lee Jones to me, and I wish it did. Oh, uh, it didn't bother me. So, I, I it's, like... it's a very good movie. I will say it is a very good movie. I might I might be a little bit more disappointed in, in, it, in the fact that the movie's kind of just saying that politics were always completely corrupt, and that just makes me sad, but... Well, that's what I, that's what I was going to say lastly. I think that it's a very important movie for people to see, that yeah. remembering that politics has been a game for a lot longer than, than we give it credit for, and it frankly, it probably was from the start. I mean, yeah. it's, it's always been about different men struggling for for power, and I think that the movie, the message it's delivering about... I mean, the scene... There's so many scenes in there that the theater was laughing at, which is fine, because it's the shit they're saying is so ludicrous. Yeah. They're like, what? And I suppose next you want to give women the vote? And they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh! Laughing like this. How ridiculous! And I'm, they're all the like whole, pounding on the table. Yeah, and the whole theater's laughing because it sounds so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like, do you know how stupid that shit sounds? And I think that right now, with all, with all particularly with like the the gay rights, gay rights struggle, yeah. I'm sure It'll in like a hundred so years we're going to look back and go, what on earth were yeah. we spending so much time and effort and energy on? I mean, the movie makes you. You want to give robots the right to vote? <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the movie with like with your modern sensibilities, you're like, God, these people were. These are the people running our country, yeah. and they were all fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> that, I think that it was such an important movie to watch in that regard. But the 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 patience with which Lincoln charted his course, and he said, at you know, at the end of the movie, when the when the amendment gets ratified, spoiler alert, like people are free. Uh, he you mean says, Titanic, he a said, real we, boat? He's like, we proved that the system works and that it sucks yeah. and it's a pain in the ass and you have to be patient and you have to struggle and you have to fight and you have to sacrifice, but it works. If you, if you, if you find a way to do it, it works. And um, it's just very, very cool for that. I think that the movie has a really great message. Anyway, that's my way too long rant on Lincoln. <laughs> hey? But we haven't gotten to review it yet. So. It's all right. That's, <laughs> that's all true. right. That's true. Mini Lincoln review. <laughs> all right. Number six, right? Yeah. Okay, number six was Sleepwalk With Me. Uh, I don't think either of you guys got a chance to no. see it. No, it is. It's Mike Birbiglia, the comedian. His, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, Mike Birbiglia yeah, I remember you talking about that. has like yeah. the greatest setup for movies now because he's basically just like, I'm a comedian who is known for having one-man shows. And then he takes it on the road and workshops it to death. Like completely nails down all the details and gets it exactly where he wants it to be. 
And now, now that he's made this movie, he gets to make any of those into a movie yeah. as soon as he gets it to a point where he wants it to yeah. be. So it, this this movie alone is strong in the story and, and the way that everybody talks to each other. It's not a case of Diablo Cody where everybody feels like they're Mike Birbiglia. It's it's not just him parroting through all the characters in the movie. It's him and the people that are in his life like really inhabiting this world that he puts you in. And the fact that he just now gets to do it with a camera, it all makes sense. It all comes together. And the story alone, I mean, I assume that this is a story that will become infinitely more important to me where I'm where he is in his life. But it's just so smartly put together. It's surprise it's a very good debut for someone like him and the fact that it's gotten all this praise despite the fact that it like opened on like six hundred theaters at most. Yeah, and it's weird because I've had a, a lot of customers ask if it's out yet. Yeah. On DVD, and which it's not. It's not, although you can watch it on Netflix, watch instantly right now. Okay. So it's, I'll have to check it out. It's one of those weird cases where it's it's such a small movie that it's being released yeah. in, in a strange fashion. They've been doing that with digital download a lot lately, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So Sleepwalk With Me, extremely well done. Mike Birbiglia is amazing. All the people in it, you know, there's not a ton of people that you'll necessarily recognize. That's not always a bad thing, though. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and as somebody who listens to like some of the comedy podcasts that are out there, uh, it's it's cool to see some of the people that he brought into it to to help tell his story. That's and cool. It's it's awesome. He's got friends in high places. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Willie, number five. We're cracking the the top half of the Man, list here. We're getting. Gonna, can we take a quick break before we do five? Yeah, that's, we can do that. that, that yeah, this is a fantastic place to take a break. Ha so ha, math. We'll be we're right back there. and uh, stay tuned. And we're back <laughs> with some funny noises from Nick. Um, so we left off at number five. So Willie, number five, Django Unchained. All right. I just saw this a couple days ago too. So um, <laughs> Django is very very cool. Um, I didn't know 100% what to expect going into it. Um, I knew that it was a Quentin Tarantino movie, and that's <laughs> usually expect the unexpected. Um, everybody's great. Uh, Jimmy Fox plays the silent or the quiet, you know, uh, the quiet kind of mysterious tough guy really well. Yeah. Although he's he's got a character arc in there, you know, and yeah. and and Christoph Waltz is. <sighs> So good. Always amazing. He's so good. Always amazing. I don't think I've ever seen. It's not true. I've seen with him, but he's one of the most charismatic actors I've ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Like really good. I think he Tarantino speaks Christoph Waltz. <sighs> that completely. The, that dialogue just rolls out. Just, oh, it's perfect. Um, uh, Leo DiCaprio. I've said it a lot about him. I've wanted him to change it up as an actor because I like Leo but he tends to play 
the kind every of guy bland kinda... characters. Yeah. He tends to just play people in the movie. He plays but a dude. He is. I've wanted him to play a villain for a while, and he's that guy you love to hate. Slimy. He's he does the most despicable things <laughs> any human being could ever do, but. I mean, he can go from horribly m- sending somebody to their death one moment and then making you laugh the next. And yeah. it's like, how is... I don't understand. Basically then you feel dirty for... Inglorious Bastards. You yeah. feel really dirty yeah. about laughing at yeah. his, the things he's doing, but he's he's so good. And, yeah. and you know, everybody's great. Um, Sam Jackson, too. A lot, of people are, a lot of people are overlooking Sam Jackson in this movie. And he... I don't... I. I didn't really see Sam Jack. I mean, I knew it was Sam Jackson, but I he he really got into that. You yeah. could tell. It's um, a it's a very different kind of role for Sam Jackson. It is where he's subservient, but totally not at the same time. Yeah, he's <clears throat> you know with his character that any moment he can flip the switch <laughs> and turn yeah. on the yeah. He's it's it's a great movie. The soundtrack is. Awesome. So all over the place, but so cool. Um, you know, I mean, you you can go from the really traditional spaghetti western. Um, they actually borrow a piece of music from the original Django. Yeah. Um, and they borrow some music from uh, Ennio Morricone. Yep. Um, and it works perfect, obviously, because it's supposed to be a pl- like a spaghetti western. But then they'll <laughs> they'll play hip hop like yep. like all of a sudden it'll just start up in Got certain. Got some Tupac it, going on. It's it, was it was it Tupac in the scene with the so. shootout. I think so. It's, oh my god, I was so into it. it. It's it's a great movie. It's another. It's it's in my top probably three or four Tarantino movies easily. I still like Inglorious Bastards just a wee bit more, but that might change. It's possible. So I'll say that I completely agree with everything that you said. I I honestly don't I can't think of anything wrong with Django Unchained. No. And and it's I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm sure there's things in there that I It's a little long. It's a little long. It could have ended at like the natural ending point. Yeah. Yeah. But because it does not end at the natural no, ending point. I no. thought at 2 hours and 5 minutes it should have ended. Like specifically at that <clears throat> no, time. That, you can you can that might be a little you can bit see early the in moment, my opinion. You but. can see the moment where it could have ended. But all the stuff that comes after that's so good you don't even care. It doesn't matter. You're like this is so I, awesome. I could see very well because Weinstein wanted him to split it into two because he had enough yes. to do it. I could see very well the 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 arcs of both movies and it would have been very cool to yeah. see. But it's you know. It's a great movie, and it's gotten a lot of heat, and some of it may be deserved. I don't know. I, I don't think so. But I don't agree. But, but I, yeah. I understand. I mean, it, it's I whatever Tarantino says. It's not a movie for kids to be taken to. It, no. It's not. But it is, and I know that he does make light in some ways of the time period and what was going on, but. Any time there's violence on screen being perpetrated against slaves or or torture or things like that, it's not funny. It's, it's not, not being over the top. At all. It's not being glorified. It's very hard to watch. It, there are a couple of scenes. There's a whipping scene that's really rough, and there's a, a the dog scene is rough. Yep. yep. And they should be. And I'm glad that he did not. He was tasteful in that in that sense. 
But anytime Django's killing guys, <laughs> oh my god, is it bloody. But That's anyway, good. I could go on forever. It's it's a great movie. All right. Nick, the halfway point. Number five. Um. Shit. <laughs> Number, Number three, three, four, five and five shit. are the ones that I'm... They're all I'm the Hobbit. So, <laughs> I'm so stuck on 3.5. Um... In the moment, just let right. it go. Number five, I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say Skyfall. I'm gonna go with what I got. <laughs> I because I've only seen it once. I feel like when I see it again, it'll go it'll go up a tick for okay. sure, a tick or two. But um, <clears throat> Skyfall, yeah, very 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 awesome. And I've loved the past two Daniel Craig Bonds anyway. Like I, I think they're both awesome, and this one definitely adds to the collection very well so far. But this one is, in a way, it's the coolest of the three because it's a very sweet, smooth transformation into like sort traditional. of old, traditional, bond, yeah, traditional Bond style. And for that, it definitely stands out. But it's just a slick movie, man. I mean, there's just some beautiful moments all throughout it. The only thing that kind of bogs it down a little bit on my list is Silva. As good as he is, he's, he could have been a lot better. He's definitely a carbon copy of a lot of other villains and, and a wasted yeah. potential. His introduction is amazing. His Absolutely. whole his entire first scene Absolutely. is just ripping. After that, you're kind of like, uh, really? Another yeah. villain who wanted to be captured? Yeah. So he could break <laughs> That's been happening a lot lately in movies. Yeah, it's exhausting. I um, I want to say real quick, I I have not seen Skyfall, and I regret that horribly, but there's a good chance it would have been on this list of mine if I had. It's, I, uh, it's a damn slick movie. Yeah. It's very cool. Daniel Craig definitely, I think he's probably at his best acting-wise in this one. Good. Um, all the old faces are there that have been there, and there's a bunch of new faces that just, they they mesh so well. And I, did we not review, we did review this one we with did. Lance. That's yep. right. Okay. Like I said back then, I would, if if this had ended Daniel Craig's run on James Bond, I would have Be accepted happy it. happy with it. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. I um that Skyfall was the very last movie that I took off of my list. Very last movie that I took off my Man. list. It was rough. It huh? would have been it could be Looper Looper and Skyfall could be completely interchangeable for me. I I would I could put Skyfall on there. But it just, you know, I don't know, for some reason it was one of those I I James Bond isn't particularly close to my heart, but it was a very well-made movie. Sam Mendes, a lot of people were like, what? Sam Mendes for a Bond movie, but he completely knocked it out of the park. I like awesome. I like the... It's an awesome movie. The, the out-of-left-field choices. Yeah. The action that's there is so good. Mm-hmm. The Shanghai and scene, the, forget about Shanghai, it. Shanghai, amazing. The third act... Something you've never seen in a Bond movie yeah. before, which is what Very made a lot of people angry. Like a lot of people don't like Skyfall because of the third act, but mm. I the thought song it was very is cool. awesome too. The title sequence is so good. Yep, she just got great. the Golden Globe yeah, for it did. as well. She should so, get the Oscar. cool. Anyway, it's a very solid movie. All I'm right, comfortable with where it landed. I, I kind of almost eh, it could have swapped with Lincoln. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> okay, number five. Number four. No, number five for you. Number yes. five. I'm all screwed up. <laughs> Sorry. The Cabin in the Woods. Um, as someone who hates horror movies for how stupid they can be, 
so often. The Cabin in the Woods is the perfect horror movie for me. Um, it just takes all of your expectations about horror movies and are like, yeah, this is exactly what you think, but, you know, in the end, it's like, screw all that crap. It's all stupid. This is this is what the real deal is, and I, I have to love it for that. I don't want to say too much, because anybody who hasn't seen it should just go in as blind as they possibly can, but, um, you know... This is one of those movies where the sum of its parts are greater than than the individual parts. And it's, you know, Joss Whedon's writing, amazing. Drew Goddard, fantastic direction. Uh, performances are awesome across the board. Chris Hemsworth in a pre-Thor pseudo-jock is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Fran? He, he clotheslines the zombie. He, he clotheslines the zombie. He clotheslines a zombie. <laughs> it was awesome. Fran Kranz, one of my favorite actors from Dollhouse, steals the show, in my opinion. He's absolutely so amazing. Um, so good. And just, the show is stolen by Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. Oh, Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. You know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that, because I think it might be popping up on another list. It's, yeah, so. it's it's true. We can, we can come back to it, but... Uh, fantastic movie. I think every bit serves number five at the very least. So we can uh, we can move on to like number it. four for once. <laughs> number four, Wreck It Ralph. All right. We've talked a lot about this already, so I just it, it's everything I said before. Apply it here, and we're good to go. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a great movie. It's not just a great animated movie. It's a great movie. It's true. It's a great movie. I'm I'm excited to to. Uh, Blu-ray the Christ out of that one. Yeah. Yes. And I'm excited for a sequel. That is a movie that yeah. I think a sequel could work very well. I just hope, as much as I want to see more cameos and different characters pop up, I don't want it to get... I don't want it to away. become a commercial. Mm. I want it to continue the story of, of Ralph. That's... My only fear, though, is that Ralph's arc is so complete and so flawless in the first movie. I... I Sometimes I get nervous at the idea of sequels. It'd be cool but, to but, see something in the same universe. But maybe maybe Fix It has an arc we need to see still. Or and Ralph could be involved. Or in maybe that. it's a completely different game in the arcade. Maybe and they're just secondary characters elsewhere. Yeah, you know? true. I mean, I'm op- I'm open to it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of potential. Quick footnote: uh, Paper Man, the short at the beginning of Ralph. Yeah, Ralph fantastic. One of my favorite things I yep. saw this year. It's great. Absolutely. I tried to find it on YouTube literally like three days ago, and I still can't find it. And it's I'm great. Anxiously awaiting the Blu-ray because I can't wait to watch that again. I was so moved by that like six minutes of of short in that movie that uh, is very good, mm-hmm. really beautiful. Anyway, all right, Nick, number four. Number four, John Carter was yeah. originally number three. JC I took it down a <laughs> tad not that JC because I, JC. I wanted to boost something else up a little bit. Um, yeah, I actually have it as JC on my list. Um. John Carter is such an awesome movie. The only part of it for me that it makes me kind of go and wrinkle my my face is uh, the voiceover exposition at the very beginning of the movie is kind of icky. But other than that, and there there are little bits of exposition dropped exposition dropped throughout, but because they're things that the audience doesn't necessarily know yet, it doesn't really bother me. Um, and I've seen the movie <coughs> twice, I think. 
saw it initially with for our viewing where we cried together at the, at the fact that we loved it <laughs> so Held much. Held each other. Yeah. This is the only two people in the theater. I'm kind of sad so slash much. happy I wasn't there for that. <laughs> Dude, we loved it so much and we were so dismayed that we knew it wasn't going to get a sequel. Yep. But yep. this mo- the movie is such a great example of why we watch movies. I mean, it has so much going for it. It's just a classic adventure. Yeah. Just brave new world, uh, good solid leading man performance uh you know exotic uh um setting. love interest uh-huh. um yeah and and setting yeah. uh hilarious turns from supporting characters uh you know just a stranger in a strange land and then he picks up friends and allies along the way Wula. and they all they all get yeah, they all come together the end. yeah an animal character that's like a sidekick uh, his buddies that he's initially enemies with that he wins over. Mm-hmm. He's got all these staples. I mean, obviously it's it's John Carter. It's the the template for all modern. Uh, that's adventure. and that's that's something that needs and to be said. And it's so refreshing to see it again because these days it's so bogged down by other by other crap that it's nice to see that clear cut blueprint. That it just reminded me of, that's the kind of movie where if I had seen it as a kid, I would have been like obsessed with. It. I, I would have been playing John Carter on the playground. Like we would have been pretending we were on on Mars and shit. It's such an awesome movie, and it's the the humor is so good. I mean, that's one thing I just loved. It's got that classic adventure movie moments, and uh, it's just a great movie. But yeah, the, the the all the emotional beats are just great too. And there's a very satisfying character arc in there, and um, <clears throat> yeah, that that scene, the cross cutting between the uh, the grave, the grave digging, and the and the big fight. I remember sitting in the theater just with my mouth hanging open, like, oh my god, <laughs> this is heavy, heavy stuff. This movie's taking itself fairly seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's just a, it's a damn good time at the movies. What? Yeah, this yeah. is no cartoon. What is this? I don't understand. I, I was very, very disappointed every time I, I hear anybody, because I've, I've actually have yet to hear somebody say who saw it say that movie. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Most people say like they, they liked, they at least say they liked it better than they thought they thought yeah. they would, or they say they loved it. And yep. um, I was literally just like five days ago talking to a friend of mine about how two of my favorite movies from recent years, Tron Legacy and John Carter, will not get sequels. Well, Tron, Tron is. Tron yeah. totally will, yeah. But. And, uh, but I was I was initially dismayed. Or I, No, I didn't say that. I said I was bundled. I didn't get more recognition or something like that. And he was like, well, what are they? And I said Tron and John Carter. He's like, John Carter looked stupid. And I was like, yeah, it did. <laughs> but it's not, trust nope. me. Yeah. And- so I... Yeah, this was originally instantly my number three. It was locked in initially, and then I, I something else needed to be pimped up a little bit. But John Carter is just a f- phenomenal movie. On in hindsight, I would probably put if I would have rewatched everything, John Carter would be up there. I am blown away that it's your number nine. It's and I can't it's believe the, truth. the perks of being a wallflower is higher. Not the things, that, nothing against that movie, but the things wow. that are above <laughs> it. I mean, to tell you the truth, I could have put them in any order, and it would have been fine. Like. Yeah, no. and that's the thing is like, like one thing with top ten lists as well is, what degree separation is there really? Yeah. either? you know, yeah. it's it's tough. But I mean, uh, yeah, and when you said about John Carter, you're like, <clears throat> I could have put it higher, but it has flaws that are very clear. But like all of our movies have flaws. Well, yeah, movie but there are my, just... my numbers one and two. Tons of people will be like, those have tons of flaws. They're, they're, I, all of them have flaws, but the flaws that I have with John Carter are no longer. I, I'm not seeing it through the rose-colored glasses that I saw it through when I first saw it. Yeah. But massive props to Edgar Rice Burroughs for thinking oh, seriously. streets ahead from seriously. such a long time ago because 
<laughs> the idea of somebody acknowledging the fact. Streets ahead improperly, but all those. I was thinking that as I said it, but it's it fits perfectly. But he he had the foresight to be. This just blows my mind that he was like someone on Mars is affected by gravity less, so they'd be able to like one hit kill anybody with their fists, <laughs> like. That whole thought. One shot, headshot. All, all great science fiction is, is that way, though. Yeah, exactly. And this is like the genesis of what we know oh, as amazing. modern science fiction. And the fact that everybody's like, this is so stupid, I've seen it all before, it's been... A-. It's there because of this movie, and it's so infuriating to hear people say that. Yeah, but- this movie, similarly to The Hobbit, like I said, The Hobbit deserved a, a high, high marks on my list for how it technologically made me th- rethink about movies, and John Carter made me think again, like, just in a massive, retrospective, nostalgic way about the way story is told yeah. these days. This movie got made on, what, the 100-year anniversary of the story? Yeah. 90, 90 year? 100. 100? 1912. This guy was writing yep. this stuff. It's insane. And today, a kid, well, not a kid, a, a man-child in his mid-20s, <laughs> like, resonates so hard with this movie. <laughs> Several man-children in their mid-20s. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's a great movie. It's, it it's a movie that I will be watching for the rest of my life. For yes. sure. I will keep watching it. All right. And for that reason, it uh, deserves to be up there. So. Okay. My All right. Here is done. <laughs> Number four is the Avengers. Tough um, we've we basically said everything that I would want to say, but the the Avengers is one of those movies where. Never in a million years did I think that something like this could even happen in the first place. Like, the fact that an Avengers movie was even, like, optioned in the first place. Insane. But the fact that we have somebody who has six distinct movies and attempts to weave them together and doesn't necessarily completely succeed at doing it in the smoothest way possible in the first half an hour to 40 minutes of the movie... Uh, but produces this this movie that we got. It's mind blowing. It's not. It's something that I don't think anybody's ever tried before. You're not gonna see somebody like DC's gonna attempt to do this five, five like two to three years from now, and there's a good chance that they're gonna fail because nobody has had the foresight to spend probably close to ten years putting this kind of thing together. Yeah. They keep trying and, to fast track it too. Yeah. Wrong. So wrong. <laughs> False. It's just you know, all the pieces are there. You have an amazing cast. You have people that love being the characters that they're portraying. And you, people that are okay with it, like Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well Jeremy Renner's like, Yeah, all right, everybody wants me there, I can He's be okay. this guy. But uh you have a director who knows the the source material inside and out and loves it with all of his heart. <laughs> One of the stars of this movie would not be in this movie if it wasn't for Joss Whedon because he handed Chris Hemsworth a Thor trade on the set of Cabin in the Woods and was like, you should be the one trying out for this, not your little brother, because you are Thor. That alone, like, that shows you how much, you know... This means and boy, to was Joss he Whedon. right? <laughs> yeah, he was right. He was completely right. Beyond so, right. Uh, you know, we could go on singing about the Avengers, but uh, I think it's definitely a cinematic achievement, and and you know, it's something that 
its effects will be heard for years afterwards, and I'm excited to see what it does to the Marvel Universe from here on out. I'm excited to see Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 transition out of that. Uh, and hope that they can I, yeah, continue to be quality movies now that they're on their own. On their own yeah. And I think, so, they, I think they will, but who it's, knows. Uh, it's put Marvel in a very interesting place, and I can appreciate it for that on top of the fact that it's tons of fun. So, all right, we're ne- we're getting down to the I know top, the top three. three. Man, number three, Argo. Argo is it's so good. It's such a good movie, and it's it's funny because I heard a lot of comparisons about Argo and Zero Dark Thirty, which I understand because they're yeah. both political thrillers, fictionalized and, versions of yeah, real events. Absolutely. And um, and there are some similarities there, but um, for as factual and by the numbers, I mean by the books, as Zero Dark Thirty seemed, Argo, yes, they probably exaggerated certain things and stuff in the movie, and I I, I feel like there's a good chance of that, but it was it was so entertaining, it was so like not only was I was I learning a new piece of history I really knew very little about to begin with, but I was entertained the entire time. Yeah. And it's what's cool about Argo too is it's it's <clears throat> one of those movies that's very much deserves to be a part of Oscar season, I feel, but not because of any one performance or anything. There's no real one performance in Argo that screams best actor, best no. supporting actor or anything. It's really the collective whole. Yeah. You know, everybody's really strong in the movie, even people that only are in it for two or three minutes, you know? Um, it's just, it's a great story, and the fact that it's true is amazing, you know? Most screenwriters would dream of writing something like this. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> that's what I want to say. Is one of the things that Argo has on top of Zero Dark Thirty, for instance, this story is downright insane. Yeah. In every right, and the fact that it's true just makes it even crazier. Absolutely. And so, good on them, good on somebody for figuring out that this is a story that should be tell, told and and figuring out a way to parlay it to screen that makes it interesting. But I, I'll just come out and say right now, this this is my number three as well. So. Mine too. Good job. Oh! Oh! <laughs> yes, yes. We all hold hands We're, now. We all hold hands now, yes. yeah. Unison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all synced up. But, I was waiting, all right, uh, well, that's... I, I. Do I go into number two, then, when we're done with I, Well, I, I want to say a few more things. <laughs> of but, course. No, yeah. Um, I got something to say. <laughs> I, ben Affleck. This is, I think, my first Ben Affleck-directed film that Have I ever saw. Have you watched any since you've seen I don't. Marvel? I haven't watched The Town. I didn't watch Gone Baby Gone. You should. So I, I do f- fully plan on going back and watching them, but... Uh, he he definitely blew me out of the water here. It was, it's extremely well. It's a taut movie. Oh it's, yeah. You spend it on the edge of your seat. The momentum just kind of builds and keeps going, and that's something like, you know, like I said, alone. John Carter probably made it as like that as low on my list strictly because of the pacing itself, and Argo just keeps moving and doesn't miss a beat the whole time mm-hmm. 
Not to mention you have Alan Arkin and John Goodman. And they're great Some together. of the best, like, on-screen, on-screen chemistry yeah, for... Yeah, they're great. You know, they're just a great duo together. Alan Arkin alone is amazing, but John oh, yeah. Goodman, too. So, uh, Argo, extremely well made. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of my favorite movies. It's, I think it's his best movie so We far. We knew it was going to be on this list as soon as we saw it. Yeah. Yes, it is, it is. And not everything on here is like that. Yeah. Um... But Argo is one of them that it, there was no question in my mind, you know. Yep. Just make it on there. So. Any any more Argo words? Argo. Mm. Not really. Like you said, it's bleep yourself. The the thing is the how taut it is is yep. just spectacular because that's so rare these days. Movies yep. are ninety five percent of them just go they overstay their welcome just a little bit, and uh, yeah. But the final the final like. Push to mm-hmm. to escape is just edge of your seat white knuckle yep. stuff. It's mm-hmm. so good. The cast is awesome. Uh, it's a great movie, and I love the I love the the movie side of it. I think it's why part of the reason they had to be pimped up on my list is just the the side of it exploring and poking fun at the movie industry is so awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. like all the dialogue absolutely is so good. And uh, absolutely, it's just a it's a definitely a great cinematic achievement. Very cool. All right. right. Easy enough. Number two. I feel like we're playing a board game and you guys got like lose a turn or something right now. (laughs) Um, Number two, Cabin in the Woods. All right. Um, Cabin in the Woods is... I love horror movies. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum as you. I... Yeah, we both have this movie on our top ten. Yes. And now when I say I love horror movies, I fully realize that it is a genre that is looked down upon and... Yes, there are very valid reasons for that, because mm-hmm. a lot of those movies aren't very good, technically. But I relish in the cheese, yeah, and the fun, and the tropes, and the goofiness of it all. And this movie... <sighs> it's so good. It's... I, I, I don't I, Honestly, it's so good that I don't know what to say about it. I love this movie that much. Like, it takes everything I love about the genre I grew up watching and it makes me love it and appreciate it more. It makes me want to go out and watch all the movies I loved over again. Yep. Not because this is bad, because it's so good. It's just... Ugh, I... If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, please see it. Yeah, Please absolutely. see that movie. It's so sweet. And I'm so sick of customers asking for a horror movie and me suggesting Cabin in the Woods and then coming back and saying that was stupid. Yeah. I usually I can keep my cool about these things cuz I'm a cu- <laughs> I'm in customer service, but that's one where I They just don't get it. There's... And then they want to rent The Devil Inside, yep. which is one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Uh, spoiler alert, that's on my worst <laughs> list. So, yes, Cabin, amazing. I can't say enough about it, seriously. And it has Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford have some of the best screw Argo and John Goodman and 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 Alan Arkin. They're great. Bradley Bradley Cooper. Bradley Whitford, he's not in this movie by the way. Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins their chemistry is unreal. Absolutely. It's unreal. And they make these two characters in these ridiculous situations seem so like likable and believable and just like guys that you'd meet at a bar. Like, hey, let's go get a beer. It's so good. And it has the best use of REO Speedwagon <laughs> since Billy Madison. I'm just saying. It does. Coincidence? Hmm? 
where they but were for factor. Maybe he's a huge REO fan, and he's like, that's my contract. <laughs> if I'm in a movie... Is there any REO in West Wing? I, I'll ask... Well, Nikki won't remember, but I'll ask her anyway. <laughs> let's, let's pour one out for the merman. The merman! <laughs> the merman scene is... God, beautiful. best use of a merman since Poetry. Little Mermaid. <laughs> Alright, Nick, number two. Number two, The Amazing Spider-Man. I knew, I knew it wasn't going to get that high with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to get that high with yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry. I love this movie so much, and I, uh, I saw it in the theater a couple times. I think I saw it three times in the theater, and I watched it once on Blu-ray with my dad and my brother. And um, it's, always, it's always a great way to find out how you really feel about a movie by re-watching it with a new crowd. Yeah, and if you instinctively feel like this movie's not as good because you're around these other people, then maybe it'll it'll take you down. And I mean, it can be good and bad because maybe you're just watching it with the wrong sort of people. But um, if it stands the test of like, you know, viewing it with a fresh batch of people, yeah. then you know that. But obviously, they they are going to feel differently than you are. But yeah. anyway, um, I think it's such such a cool movie, and I think that it's it's a, it's an anomaly because there's clearly things that they pulled out of it before releasing it, like Willie was saying. But I don't think the movie suffers for it. It makes me more. It makes me excited for the sequel because I think they're gonna they're gonna end up being like, well, we took this stuff out of the first movie because we're gonna stretch it out over. The they're gonna reintroduce the a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think the saga that they're setting up is potentially gonna. There's gonna be more of a significant arc over the course of several movies that was not present in Sam Raimi's movies. And I think that pending the release of the second Spider-Man, we might look back on the first one and like it more because we realized that those things were pulled out for a reason. But, that could um, be true. I That's I, one of the I things that I hate the, the most about feel. it. Like, hate's a strong word. That's one of the things that I dislike, dislike the most. I understand. <laughs> but I mean, they, they definitely lay a couple breadcrumbs in the first if scene they, of the movie. If they make it worth it, in the end, then I, you know, it's and I'm one not of those... always, I'm not always a, a person who agrees with the idea of judging a movie based on its other movies in the yeah. series. But I think it, it's sometimes it is important. Yeah. Um, and I think that that the first, our, our opinions of the first one might shift after the second and and third. And wasn't it rumored it was actually going to be four movies long? This particular. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I don't yeah. see. I, I don't see the the trilogy thing is not something I feel that's necessary. I despise the idea of stretching things out most of the time. But I, f- I feel like there's an, if if there's stories to tell, tell them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But I think the I think the performances are all great. I mean, I, I still the moments that initially resonated with me and struck me the first time I saw the movie still did upon the fourth viewing at home on a s- much smaller TV, not in 3D. <laughs> All the same beats that I really loved still hit me uh, this this last time around, and I think that's that's really cool. Plus, I mean, I just love Spider Man, and I, I was really happy with the adaptation that we got. And I I disagree with the thinking the the retelling of the origin was unnecessary because it is super different. I mean, the everything with his parents is obviously incredibly different, and uh, but they his parents are not even mentioned in the Raimi movies. Well, they're like, oh, your parents died. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, everything. With hey, his parents, I mean, for all we know, there was is... no bone saw in this one, though, and that <laughs> that's is true. that's a problem. Um, for all we know, his parents are going to show up in a future movie. I mean, Maybe. is Randy Savage going to show up in a future movie, Nick? Because if not, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, I just I'm much more intrigued by by this uh, iteration of Spider-Man than I thought I would be, and especially with how exactly his powers exist is is definitely a mystery. 
So I think that that's very cool because I think that, I don't know, obviously they'll get into it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's an awesome movie. I, I think if all that was in this movie like it was originally planned, then I would see the retelling the origin as a more useful thing. But since most of it's going to be told in flashback anyway now, I don't see any reason for there to be the origin again. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I, it's... I don't know about flashback necessarily. Well, you're telling it outside of the context of the origin, so... Right. That's why I think I mean I think the I think that we are still seeing the origin in the in the next few movies, which I think is a cool idea. I like the idea of then furthering the development. Don't tell the origin movie. that everybody already knows because they saw it less than ten years ago. That's just my opinion on the movie. But anyway, yeah. uh, no, um, I I I get I get both sides because it, it is there are differences for sure, but there are some very very glaring similarities too. There's there's the scene of you know the the initial bumbling fight, you know, and there's the scene of like him getting the one come up and on the jock. So they're similar. Yeah. They're different, but they're similar enough to where you can draw very easily comparisons to those. Yeah. And when you draw comparisons, sometimes it's not a good thing. So it, yeah, no, I get, it. I, you guys are both, neither one of you is wrong. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, number two. Yeah. All right. Spider-Man. My number two. Django Unchained. Django. Django. I loved Django. This is one of those things. I I always forget how much I like Tarantino, and then I watch one of his movies, and you know, it just you know my my love for Tarantino shows its its head. But I really, really, really loved Inglorious Bastards, and this movie. I understand the revisionist trilogy that people are talking about that could be. Inglorious Bastards, Django, and a third movie. Like thematically, they both kind of. Did he already of... reveal the title for his Killer movie? Crow or yeah. Crow Killer, something like that. Crow, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Native American. It's mi- No, it's uh, <laughs> it's mixing the racial themes of Django with the World War II setting of Inglorious Bastards. So he takes both ideas and kind of. Like a black. It's a black platoon, uh, and they basically are going nuts and getting revenge on all the 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 white platoons that have treated him like crap or something huh. like that. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know. It sounds weird, but... I want him to go back to the World War II. Anyway. All right. Well, Django, it's a very long movie, and to tell you the truth, I did not get to a point near the end where I was like, God, is this thing over yet? I could see where there are points where it could have ended and it would have been good, but... Um, I just had so much fun with the whole movie. Jamie Foxx was really good. Christoph Waltz was absolutely amazing. Um, And the music, as you said, uh, very strange at some times, but it's always very interesting. It works out pretty well. Uh, Some of the random people that just kind of show up for a minute. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. (laughs) What are you doing in this movie? All right. Like I really would have wished that like Kurt Russell and all the he's other people so good, would have though. worked out. Jonah like, Hill in that brief moment, true. he's so funny. It's true. Um, James Remar plays two characters. Two different characters. <laughs> Why? Because, oh God, I don't want to hear any more. There's, there's, I, 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 for the sake of the review. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I didn't know either of those guys were in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> James Remar. Yes. It's uh, it's a very very good movie. It is. It's, 
one of those things where, you know, I'm sure, like with Inglorious Bastards, I'm going to sit down and watch this again in a few yes. months and, and I just almost, as much I, I wouldn't fun mind an extended edition either. Exactly. As, as long as this movie is, I actually, I would watch an extended one, even, even exactly. though it was long. Yeah. So, Django Unchained, awesome. Definitely go see it. So, before we do the number ones, I think we're going to take one more quick break. Mm-hmm. And then we will go through, list our 10 to 2, and then go to our number 1. Sounds good. All right, and then after that, we can do some of the other little ones that we want to talk about. Sure. We will be right back. And the home stretch has begun. Yes. Willie, let's get a quick recap of your list and then go to your number one. Number 10, 10, 10, 21 Jump Street. Number 9, 9, 9, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not going to do this every time. (laughs) It was fun, though. Number 8, The Hobbit. Number 7, Zero Dark Thirty. Number 6, John Carter. Number 5, Django Unchained. Number 4, Wreck-It Ralph. Number 3, Argo and number two, Cabin in the Woods. All right, number one. Number one. No one's going to be surprised at this table. <laughs> the Avengers. I am <laughs> fully willing to admit that The Avengers has some problems. But I have not had... I've, I've never... <laughs> I haven't had that feeling of absolute joy... <laughs> Since I saw Turtles when I was a kid, All right. I have I, I have not had that feeling. I've had moments that felt pretty good, but not like that. This was. Uh, I'm a huge Marvel kid, you know. Like I grew up reading Marvel comics, and you know, I over the years my tastes have changed a bit, and and you know, in the last ten years or so, Captain America and Thor and and those Avengers characters have become certainly my favorites. And just seeing seeing all those characters on screen interacting and uh not just not just the fight scenes, not just them battling in New York, which was unbelievable. <laughs> I can't even count the number of scenes in this movie that I just it was absolute nerdgasm. I mean, honestly, like, Hulk punching the Leviathan in the face. I Literally, I haven't had a moment in a theater like that in so long, where I was just like, I, I literally understood the drunk guy in front of me standing up and going, because I, I want to do it too. I was like, yeah, I'm going to join this guy. Like, <laughs> I get this. Um, you know, Cap taking charge of the team at the end. Uh, uh, Iron Man flying into the skies to shoot alien ships coming out of a portal. I mean, every little moment, it, the tracking shot, the shot that follows all of them, like, yep. it just, I can't, I, it, I I know there's issues with it as a movie, but it is my favorite movie of the year, and it is one of my favorite movies of all time, because there will never be anything like me seeing this movie. There will never be anything like it. And every time I watch it, every single time it's on at the store that I work, there are moments where I literally still have to stop what I'm doing and look at the screen. I can't, I can't not. I, 
it's so good. I, I, I I'm done. It's so good. It's it's. <laughs> Willie has burst into tears. Anyway. I did. I seriously. <laughs> I, I will come completely out on front street here. There was a at least one tear shed during that movie, and not because Coulson died. And yes, that's a spoiler. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. It's been out for a while. They'll be yeah, okay. That's true. Everybody in the world has seen this. Anybody movie listening already, to so. this has yeah. seen the Avengers already. I mean, seriously, like, it's it's just it's literally like my childhood on screen. It, it's I can't even describe it. So good, so good. <laughs> Nick, please go before I keep saying so good. <laughs> Uh, so recap your list. Number ten was Wreck It Ralph. Number nine was The Master. Number eight was The Avengers. Number seven was The Hobbit. Number six was Lincoln. Number five was Skyfall. Number four was John Carter. Number three was Argo. Number two was Spider Man. And number one is The Dark Knight Rises. Um, this movie has gone. What through a lovely, s- lovely voice. <laughs> this movie has gone through such a roller coaster in my in my thoughts and feelings over the last uh, ever since it came out. But it really shot its way up to number one only in the last month or so, <clears throat> just because a uh, a lot of I I rewatched it again. A lot of a lot of weird crap has gone down in my personal life lately, and I rewatched it again right at the right at the middle of all that. And the there are so many moments in the movie that I was like, how did these not speak to me more powerfully the first time I watched it? And there's just so many emotional beats in the movie that are absolutely killer. And then I watched it. And I and I popped in Batman Begins and I popped in The Dark Knight and I was watching scenes from those and the trilogy as a whole is the best, most complete trilogy that has ever been made. I say that being the enormous Star Wars fan that I am, but this trilogy is so good when you look at the whole thing, it's retarded. It's on a level that I don't think movies have ever attained before. And I have to, as, as horrible as it sounds, I have to attribute a lot of it to Heath Ledger's death because I know... The plan was to have the third movie, The Joker, was going to take center stage again. And not having that not be able to happen forced them, I think, to find a new way of telling a new a story. And I don't know the full details. I don't know the full nitty-gritty. But yeah. all the numerous insane ways that the third movie, The Dark Knight Rises, harkens back to Batman Begins is mind-blowing. If you know Batman Begins as well as I do, which is on a ridiculous level... <laughs> um, you see all these moments dropped throughout that just parallel the movie so well. And it's just... It's amazing. It's really, really amazing if you watch the two together. And that guy made that YouTube video that that put all three together. And that alone, I was like, this just proves how incredible this trilogy is. And it's weird because this movie could simultaneously be on my biggest disappointments list. But it's only, it's all because of me, though. It's all my own fault. Like, I had all my own expectations built up to a level that it it just didn't achieve and and frankly it's just because things didn't happen that I wanted to happen and things did happen that I didn't want to happen but watching the movie objectively it is so stupid good and uh <clears throat> it does definitely have its problems still but i think that uh the the good outweighs the bad and the messages that are conveyed in the movie are are so universal especially the I mean, there's there's a there's a point in your life where things just don't straight up don't go your way, and if and usually like the saying says, it when it rains it pours, and uh, that that's certainly proven to be the case. But with this movie, the big the big message of the entire trilogy basically being why do we fall, 
and in this movie it comes so full circle so hard it's like a roundhouse kick to the face (laughs) and it's just it's so good and i i hope that people who didn't weren't as blown away by it the first time watch it again with with some with maybe a more open mind and it's and if you look at the whole the trilogy as a whole it's just insane how how well it uh it ended and compared to how it started it's it's really just like a straight up an arc and it's fucking bullshit that there's not a single Oscar, Oscar nom for the movie. Yeah. It's insane, frankly. And just the biggest snub I think I've ever heard of in my entire life. Because it's basically the Academy saying, this movie deserves no recognition in any regard. That's pretty screwed up. Because there's no way that it's that bad. But, um, yeah, obviously I my review on the movie has changed a lot recently. And I would love to continue talking about it, but... This is not the time or the place. But anyway, uh, it's been a it's been a rocky ride for it, but I, I have to confidently say that my number one of the year was still The Dark Knight Rises. And that's it. Yeah. All right. So my number ten was Looper. Number nine was John Carter. Number eight was Wreck It Ralph. Number seven was Perks of Being a Wallflower. Number six was Sleepwalk With Me. Number five was The Cabin in the Woods. Number four was The Avengers. Number three was Argo. Number two was Django Unchained. And number one is Zero Dark Thirty. Ah. Uh, This movie has a momentum that even Argo just doesn't quite get up to it in my opinion i willie said it kind of starts out slow it does start out slow but it still is extremely captivating it just kind of takes you and then doesn't stop it just slowly sets in and then keeps going and the thing i said that argo has a story that's the thing is that argo has a story that if it's not told like an idiot, it's going to be awesome no matter what. And the fact that it's directed extremely well on top of that put it at number three on my list. But Zero Dark Thirty has a story that, for all intents and purposes, I don't care about Osama Bin Laden. I don't know if he should have been hunted down like that and just killed outright. Uh, my political feelings on the matter don't want me don't don't make me want to know exactly why that happened. But on the other hand, this movie was extremely captivating to me. It hits all the right beats. I forgot to do my joke. My joke was going to be that my number one was Rubicon. But Zero Dark Thirty, in a lot of ways, feels like Rubicon. It's got a the the score has hints of Rubicon in it that are beautiful. Yeah, that are beautiful. Uh, I was gonna, yeah. I was going to joke that my number one was Sing Hong. <laughs> my number one's Jin actually comes out this year though um we all um no you might get to do reshoots again uh, <laughs> so we also get a Rubicon alum in the form of uh Jessica Collins is her name right yeah yeah and she's in there for a scene, but awesome to That's see so her. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but no, the the movie's fantastic. The cast is amazing, and like you said, Chris Pratt. I 
can't take him seriously at all after watching Parks and Rec, but he pulls off this part brilliantly. Does. Joel Absolutely. Edgerton, awesome. Edgerton's awesome. The chemistry between the two, amazing. Because oh, yeah. you, you kind of get the vibe that Chris Pratt... I mean, he's he's very serious in this movie, I mean, yeah. but you get the vibe that he's the jokester of the group still. Yeah, yeah. And, but when it comes time for the mission, he's very much you know, on point, whereas Edgerton's more like the the straight yep. guy, you yeah. know. It, it's... The uh, the depiction of the teamwork between them, I felt like I was playing like the best version of SOCOM that could ever Rainbow possibly <laughs> have been made. Um, yeah, exactly, Rainbow Six. Um, it's the little moments too. It's yeah. it's um, moments like, <laughs> do you even realize what you just did? Yeah. Or. I shot the guy on the third floor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you want to help us carry these people out? <laughs> like, like it's just it's that military mindset of this is a you know this guy was shot and killed the the most wanted man in the world. I mean the, the yeah. you know the the one man in the world that most Americans probably would have liked to have done in themselves. Yeah. And and he's obviously affected by this, but the military mindset is like, okay, that's your job. Yep. Let's keep working here. Yeah. You know. And. It, it's it's absolutely brilliant. I could, you know, keep going. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I particularly want to want to make sure that I say. Uh lots of little roles that pop up. I always Kyle Chandler's amazing. Yeah, he's really uh, good. He he does a good job. John Barrowman shows up for 2 seconds and it's awesome. Um but yeah, performances brilliant. Jessica Chastain absolutely deserves it. Jason Clark. Jason Clark has become one of my people to watch. After seeing him in Lawless, <laughs> Howard Bondurant is amazing. And then seeing him in this movie. He's really good in this. He is so good in He's Zero really Dark good. Thirty. He's really good. So that's my number one movie. And everybody should go see it. It's it certainly is a special one. It's Catherine Bigelow, you know, it's hard to think that the woman who made Point Break is... Hey, I don't want to hear any smack talk, but Point Break's amazing, <laughs> but the woman who made Point Break could very possibly have two Oscars on her shelf. Yeah. Like, that's... She in 1992... Well, I mean, for Zero Dark Thirty, like, yeah. that's insane. That blows my mind. Like, 1992, if you were like, point break, this woman's going to have Oscars in the future. That's insane. People probably wouldn't. I'm, I'm joking when I give you credit. I know. Although, point break is sweet. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. but Anthony Kiedis. Anyone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Flea, anyone? Isn't Flea in that, too? Yeah. They're, oh, boy. They're surfers. They, yeah. They beat them up. Anyway, that's my number one. It's definitely Good. pretty crazy that... Sh- um the the controversy supposedly surrounding the thing. Yeah, it's funny because they not only did they get controversy from they got controversy from both sides. Yeah. They got controversy from the kind of the right in the sense of why are, we shouldn't be giving up the tactics we use telling showing yeah. people, you know. And they got controversy from the left for the 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 waterboarding stuff. Glorifying torture. Glorifying supposedly. torture. I don't think either one of those things is an issue in this movie. I really don't. It doesn't show you anything as far as tactics that you 
couldn't already ascertain by... And the waterboarding is not glorified. No. It is not. And I think that that's people trying to cause a stir because yep. they need yep. something to write about. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel largely the same about Django. I understand the sensitivity with Django more, but still, whatever. I mean, people want really, controversy. It so. sucks. So I haven't seen the other movies, a lot of the other award season favorites, but I... I my mind is blown that she's not nominated for best director. Yeah, for the movie. yeah, it's it seems surprising. Like such an obvious choice. I would have her on there over David O. Russell any day. <laughs> any no, day. David O. For Russell, multiple you know, reasons. I mean, he, he likes to get in fistfights with his actors and stuff, so it's it's always good. George Clooney punched him in the head, so good for George. Yeah, you guys made me wish so badly. I had it, ended up seeing it the other night. Because, like I said, I know it would be in my in my top. Well, top we'll what we'll four. do is next next. Uh, we could probably just do a normal review of it next week. Next podcast, it's not like we'll, there's anything else I would we want to do. We'll we'll do maybe we'll we'll do a little bit more in depth. Okay, yeah, that could I'll, be I'll fun. Try to catch it this week. That could be fun. Um, I was gonna try to see Life of Pi before it leaves because I think it's gonna leave sooner. But um, yeah, I think I need to fast drag through it. Yeah, I time. think so too, and I don't think it's gonna be a long. Uh, Long wait for Life of Pi on on disc either. If for some Maybe reason not. you miss it, yeah. Um. All right, so we should probably move on to honorable mentions. Yeah. I didn't actually write any down. A few of mine kind of leaked out anyway. I think yeah. maybe some of ours might fall in line anyway. I've yeah. got a few on here. So yeah. Um. Looper. Okay. Didn't make my list. Yep. But. The first hour, like I said, alone is enough for it to have been a consideration because yeah. it builds a very interesting universe and it it deserves some recognition. And it, it's really it's it's a good it's a good movie. Yeah, it's not a great movie. It's a good movie for sure to me. Uh, Dread. Dread, Dread is awesome. Amazing. <laughs> Dread almost made my top ten because it just it's it's so much fun. It doesn't take itself overly seriously, no. but it's still intense and it uh, absolutely. It's, Another insanely underrated movie this year. Yeah. Um, Expendables two was never going to be in my top <laughs> my top ten, but it's a lot of fun and and definitely one to see now that it's out on DVD and Blu-ray for sure because it's just a ton of fun. You know, like I had yeah. a great time watching that. Um, the Raid or The Raid Redemption. Yeah. One of the best martial arts movies I've seen in a long long time. I mean, the choreography on the fights is just absolutely mind-blowing. Have you guys both seen The Raid? I have not yet. It's it's nuts. And it, what's funny is you'll actually see where Dread gets a yep. bit of its inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it it didn't bug me about Dread actually, because it, Dread's very different. Yeah. It's not the same concept yeah. anyway. Dread's not a martial arts movie. No, it's not. It's shoot people in the face movie. Yeah. Uh, Chronicle. Chronicle. Definitely yeah. uh, an honorable mention. Uh, Josh Trank is somebody that I think we should all be keeping an eye on. Shadow of the Colossus movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. No thanks. <laughs> um, Animated only. Uh, no, Chronicle was really cool, and and uh, I have some problems with the, the last bit, but other yeah. than that, I really enjoyed it. And then one that is really off the wall, I think, The Divide, which was a movie with Michael Bean. Um... It's a post-apocalyptic uh, story about a group of people that hide in a rundown apartment, the basement of a rundown apartment building, and about how radiation poisoning can make people go a little loony and yeah. start. It's 
it, cool. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's it's a terrifying movie. And uh, Milo Ventimiglia yeah, um, is terrifying in this movie. Wow. Like he's really good. Uh, I I liked it a lot. It's totally worth seeing, and it's a very cool sci-fi. It's not even sci-fi per se, Just but post-apocalyptic. It's yeah. it's a cool story, and anything with bean, you know, I'm a sucker for the bean. So. Yep. Um, oh my god! Yeah. I remember reading about this movie forever. So ago. yeah, that was that was up there for me too. All right. Holy Anybody crap. else got any? I forgot all about this movie. Um, the divide. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about this ages ago. It's really cool, man. Because the guy who directed Hitman um, directed it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I it's remember, it's I a cool movie. What else he was gonna be doing? And I think I think that's one of those ones I'll buy on Blu-ray because it's. I'd watch it again. Technically, it was 2011. It was released. Oh, was it? No, it was released in the States in 2012. Oh, okay. Well, I'll okay. count it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I remember reading about it like a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 worth a look. I mean, it's, it's there's some way. there's some tough stuff to watch in there for sure. I mean, there's some some stuff that's rough, but it's it's a very interesting look, very small scale, you know? Yeah. It's very contained within the basement of this apartment building and it's a very you know, it's it's a cool cast and stuff, and yeah, it's cool. Um, we're doing what? All, all that honorable honorable mentions. mentions. Oh, we're just doing honorable mentions. Yeah. Yep. Okay. At the moment. Um, well, one that straddled two lists. It straddled honorable mentions and disappointments. Was Looper. Um, it was definitely an honorable mention because it was it wasn't a bad movie, but it was it was a bit of a disappointment for me. It was uh it was a cool movie. I'm I'm very anxious to watch it again now that I know what happens. Um. Same, you know, similarly to The Dark Knight Rises, once you know what happens and your expectations can be realistically placed on a scale, you know exactly how to anticipate yeah. the movie. Um, honorable mentions Lawless. I enjoyed Lawless quite a bit. Um, it wasn't, I don't think, necessarily top ten material, but all the performances are great. John yeah. Hillcoat's cool direction. Um, there's really nothing wrong with the movie at all, but there's really nothing that elevates it all the way up. Um Chronicle I watched this morning, and I'm glad I snuck it in there. I have fast-tracked it because of my reading Fantastic Four lately and knowing Josh okay. Trank is going to direct it. Yeah. I was like, I need to do some research here. Based on that, I think that he's got an eye for some action. I wish the movie wasn't restricted by found footage yeah. feel. Yeah. I loved... One thing that's awesome about the movie, though, is it, in a way, I don't want to say reinvented, but it reinvigorated the found footage by having... The telekinetic ability yeah. to move the camera yeah. around and Smart. get some moving shots. I was like, thank you. We can have actual cinema again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's one of the good found footage yeah, movies. The actors yeah, were, the actors in it were surprisingly good. I liked that it was basically a Superman origin story. Almost like I was like, this could easily be like fan fiction for how Superman came to be. Cause, yeah. like, the, the one kid who's, who's left at the end is uh, kind of Superman. Yeah. Um, and actually, on the boards for IMDb, I read a really cool thing on, on Chronicle this morning. Someone said they like how it lines up the idea. Someone once, apparently years ago, said their personal fan theory was that Superman is not actually a Superman, but he's just an incredibly powerful telekinetic because it would explain all of his abilities, pretty much. And I was like, hmm, kind of a cool theory. That he, or they said that he's a telekinetic but doesn't know it. He just His body just manifests itself that way. It's kind of cool. Um... Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was technically 2011, but I, it came out in 2012 because I saw it uh, in like early January. Yeah. And uh, that was a really awesome movie. Um, 
I can't. I this one also goes on both lists. Prometheus. It's not a terrible movie by any means. It's, it's still, a very it's a really good. Movie. If we were ranking on technical achievement, oh yeah, Prometheus would be on the list. Totally. It's so it's such a cool movie. I mean, it, it really was. It, I think it was a bit of a disappointment for all of us based on what we all thought it was gonna be. Again, it kind of falls in that in that same boat where our expectations kind of out outran the movie. Another one of my favorite performances this year was Fastbender. Fastbender. Charlize Theron. Idrisel. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's. Yeah, she's makeup she's, buried Guy Pierce. She's great. <laughs> Guy Pierce had a good year though, I just want to say. Lawless <clears throat> Lockout is also on my honorable mention. Lockout's not a good lockout's, movie, but damn, Lockout's a lot good of fun. Time. Lockout what is that? Lockout is a lot of fun. I had it I had would did not regret paying my money to see Lockout nope. in the theater. Not lockout's at all. a lot of yeah. fun. Very it was a lot of fun. I, I love Guy Pierce. I want him to uh to do more. Um I kinda wanted to say the gray too. My thoughts yeah. on the gray were very different as they evolved. When I initially saw it, I was like, what? And then uh, the more and more I thought what about is it, the, that? More, the more I talked to a buddy of mine about it and just the way it was, this whole movie was basically this whole just allegory for man's struggle was really cool. And uh, it's a really interesting movie. I really need to sit and watch it again. I remember enjoying it, but I think I'll, I'll throw it. It's not good. It was by no means top, even top 15 material, but it's a cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of came and went. It's got really a cool quickly. cast, too. Yeah, very cool cast. Yeah. I think it came and went super fast. It's kind of a bummer. But um, I don't quite think I have any more honorable mentions. Okay. Alex. Um, I really only have one, and it's more of a people should see it than it should be on anybody's top ten, but safety not guaranteed. That's mm. on my list of, god damn it, I wish I'd seen it. <laughs> it's a very interesting film. Yeah, it's, I want to see it too. Also, Jeff who lives at home, I wish I had seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, safety not guaranteed, I want to see. Safety not guaranteed is good. I, I did, like the whole past two weeks was like a movie whirlwind. I did, uh... Last Saturday, not this past one, but last Saturday, I did Brave, Safety Not Guaranteed, and Your Sister's Sister. And then. Mark and Duplass. I also did Liberal Arts. Yeah, it was a Mark Duplass weekend. Duplass Fest. Duplass Fest 2012 or 2013. But. And then this week. I think in a weird way, he could play Star Lord. I really do. Yeah, I believe him more after Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then this Wednesday I saw Silver Linings Playbook, and then I saw Lincoln, and then I saw Dread and Comic-Con Episode 4. You're a madman. It was a lot of movies. You're a madman. I felt like I was, like, busting butt to get some of these movies watched, but you really... It was rough, but, uh... I just want to see Men in Black 3, real quick. Men in Black 3. Men in Black 3 is... Honorable mention. Yeah. Honorable mention. I seriously... There was a point in time where I was thinking that Men in Black 3 could show up on my list. Yeah. Because I can think back to some of the ideas that... They they put into this movie and it it makes me yep. love it even more. It it, it deserves a mention for yeah. sure. Which that that might be my biggest surprise was probably Men Black Three. Three, especially with the troubled production. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so disappointing. Real quick, any mine's Prometheus, and it's not that Prometheus is a bad movie, but it was my most anticipated movie. It was. It's Ridley Scott's first sci-fi film since Blade Runner, which is my favorite movie of all time. So yeah. how could I not be excited? Yeah. And it's set in the Alien universe, which is a universe that I love for the most part. So, but it was it was disappointing to me. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's looking at you, Fincher. <laughs> Eat it, Fincher. Wasn't no, it's not Fincher's fault. I'm I'm just kidding. It's not Fincher's fault. 
it really isn't. But um, no, it's it was disappointing for me. Um, definitely. So that's mine. Um, brave. Yeah. Colossal giant fart of a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree, or I I don't agree, but it wasn't amazing, and it could have been. But... It was a disappointment. It's not bad. But oh my God, is it a disappointment? Considering the pedigree the, that Pixar has, and the fact that it beat out Wreck-It Ralph, uh, that was Globes. BS. That was total BS. Wreck-It Ralph goes out. under my list of surprises. Yeah, but for sure. But disappointments, Brave is the absolute yeah. queen bitch. I've heard I that. Mean, it's not a bad movie. Just the whole time you're kind of just there. You're, you're never like, eh. particularly invested. You're never particularly engaged. Movie, the whole movie is centered around the strangest twist that makes you just kind of go, that, "That's what they settled on." It's just weird. It's just weird. Hmm. Considering <clears throat> considering the Pixar movies, I've seen every Pixar movie, but the Cars movies for good reason. But um, Cars is worse than Brave, and, and I'm sure. But cars every, one or Cars two, probably both. Both, okay. but both, but all, every cars other one. Pixar movie I've seen is like a ten out of ten for me. They're like among yeah. the best movies I've seen in my life. Yeah, so for sure. Brave, I was Finding Nemo, like, Monsters Inc., Toy Story. For Brave, I was just like, the Incredibles. Wow, what a <clears throat> what a wet fart of a movie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a wet fart, oh, a fart in a glove. Actually, no. My biggest disappointment of the year is definitely killing them softly. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that that one hurt you a little bit. It, it, I took it pretty personally. <laughs> As a not, personal it's affront. It's not awful, but I, it's it's not good. It's not. I I don't think I'll watch it again anytime remotely soon. Yeah. It's just. It's a real damn shame too. And then you'll watch it years from now and be like, "God, this Obama McCain crap was dated when the movie first came out." Yeah, frankly, I mean that the whole Frank. Ugh, yeah, just. I don't know what Andrew Dominic's problem is, but shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. It's so exhausting. You gotta if you're gonna have politics in your movies, you need to really walk the line or at least kinda be impartial. Like Yeah. Lincoln is a historical it's not I mean, obviously it's it's rooting more for the side of the abolitionists, yeah. but it never shoves it down your throat no. at all. And with killing himself by the end, I was so exhausted. Like, God, it's like too. Every time, every scene with a car, there it's was like a two radio college on. College kids just arguing about politics and yeah. just trying to out. And I was just like, God, I don't care. Shut <laughs> up. This is like when Dave Grohl plays for like a John Kerry benefit. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I love you, Dave Grohl, but shut up. Shut up. You're a musician. Stick to it. All right. <sighs> Alex? <laughs> um, I don't necessarily have a disappointments list. More of a what I'm sad is not on there, which they're the same but different in my opinion. Sure. Uh, Prometheus was certainly on that. Yep. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom was not a bad movie, but I expect mm, more out of Wes Anderson in my opinion. Yeah. Sure. Um, Spider-Man, I wanted it to really hit mm-hmm. home with me, and it didn't. Uh the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I was gonna say that's on mine too. It's just we got a we got a awesome trilogy that comes full circle, but that's not what I wanted out of it. I wanted um, I wanted the third movie to be something more, and uh, it's it's a it's an awesome movie, and I did rewatch it, and it was uh, more fun the second time around, but it didn't. It didn't necessarily write the things that I wanted it to write. When, sure. Yeah. You know, watching it. The I liked it more time. the second time too. 
I just have some issues with some of it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But a lot of the issues that well a lot of the issues with the movie I've heard some people say repeatedly some of the same problems and there are problems that are not actually plot holes. They just require some Well it's not even plot things. holes. Plot holes aren't my issue. It's just Talia Bain was not yeah. a good choice. No, it wasn't. It 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 really pulls the rug out from under you. Yeah. And, and what's funny is it doesn't pull the rug out from under you in the sense of, oh, what the twist. It pulls the rug out from under you like somebody just walked up to you and punched you in the gut and all the wind's knocked out. Like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Sweet. Thanks for ruining that for me. Yeah. Like, yeah I was really enjoying that, but all that's right. That's the, the only real major disappointment that remains for It me really me. hurt me, though. Sad and yeah. how Bane goes out. I'm kind of like, mm. yeah. It really hurt me on that one. I had a hard time with that. But okay, we could go on about that. Yeah, and it is, like you said, some of my own, like, us talking about it, I got so in love with the idea of there being a two, two-layered two battlefield between Batman and his adversary and Bruce Wayne and his adversary, and I think that had so much potential, especially, like, it, that could have brought Bruce Wayne back into the forefront and put Batman back in the background and made him the symbol in the end, but my, my clearly thing, I'm not the one making movies, so it's right, not like right. I know everything. And, and honestly, my thing, my thing is this: is um, I like Batman Begins the best. Yeah, I, I love Dark Knight too, though. I mean, don't get me wrong; yeah. it's a great movie too. But the end of Dark Knight, it it just the that last little speech from Gordon, you're getting like like. Normally at the end of a movie you're like winding down a little yeah. bit. You're getting pumped. Yeah. And it's just like by the time you leave the theater you're like you oh the, my you get the horn flare at the end. You're like and you're oh just my like, god. This next movie is going to be absolutely insane. He's going to be like have cops chasing him but he's going to be trying to do his job at the same like there's you have all these like ideas running through your head of like this is just going to be nuts. He's going to have everybody after him. And you do get a lot of that. And then the movie starts, and you're the like, "Oh, he's you, just." The been scene re- you get of that is—it's really good. Insane. It's really good. I—that was another one where I was like, "It just, ow, that hurt." Sorry, like the the whole fact that it's just like, "Oh, oh, he just retired for eight years." <laughs> oh, okay, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's a bad knee, I guess. <laughs> you know, but I—I I don't hate that movie. No, no, I don't. I really not don't. By any Technically, stretch. it's 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 another Nolan. It, it, him and Wally Pfister shoot beautiful footage yeah. always, all, constantly. I mean, that's a gorgeous movie. They all, all three of them are, all three of them. This is probably the prettiest looking movie of the three, I think. I think it has the best score too, and it's so it does. dumb that yeah. it didn't get nominated. The, the score is the best of the three yeah, for sure. This year, seriously, like I don't know what's going on yeah. with them. But uh, it, technically, it's a really good movie, and it's another one where I don't quite feel the passion. Yeah, for me, I don't feel the passion of the filmmakers yeah, as I much. We said that on the on our first. It uh, feels a little out. more yeah. methodical, a little more cold to yeah. me. And this is the one where I really should have felt the passion, where yeah. I really should have felt the emotions of the filmmakers as they finished this this story they've been crafting for how long? Five years, six years, longer. Yeah, I yeah. really should have felt that, and and I didn't quite feel that sense of there's closure from a storytelling standpoint, but I didn't feel that sense of like, yeah. oh my god, wow, that was, you know. So. That's why it was, it was like I said, it had to battle its way back up to my number one. Yeah, yeah. oh I, yeah, I'm absolutely. largely on its entry into the trilogy. Absolutely. And how it closes that out. And there's, when, when the three are built as a trilogy, which they were, there's no reason not to judge it with the other two as well. So, um, anyway. 
All right. Um, and then did we worst movie of the <laughs> this year? Too, this too. Oh, just, I forgot just to, bad. I forgot to mention for my uh, honorable mentions. I did forget to say Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Oh, good. It was. Uh, it is a sweet movie. It is. I have to say the only the only problem I really have with it. Now, I watched it when I saw it in the theater. I loved it. I was like, oh my god. And then I watched it with Gojo on Blu-ray, and as I was sitting watching it, I was like, every single character talks the same. It was bothering me so much. <laughs> it. I was like, they all sound like Joss Whedon, which is the other thing that gets under my skin about the Avengers. I'm like, they all sound like Iron Man. They're all snarky and like they all sound like Joss Whedon. It really got my goat when, upon subsequent viewings of the Avengers I was like why is Black Widow sarcastic and funny I don't get it she shouldn't be that way all the characters were yeah uh, but I... worse worse in Cabin though like in Cabin watching it again I was like and Tar- Tarantino movies suffer sometimes I know from the that's same what thing. I'm nervous yeah. about with Django because I was like oof some of these writers I mean they're such gifted writers but sometimes I think they get carried away oh uh, they they don't forget to put their own voice aside a little bit so yeah um, yeah, Cabin, uh, even on the second viewing, though, it was really fun watching it with somebody new. Oh, yeah. Who didn't oh, yeah. Know oh, yeah. Yep. About it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like watching a magic trick that you know of the secret to. Yep. You know what I mean? And you're yeah, just, like, yeah, waiting yeah, for this yeah, person yeah, to be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, worst movies. Uh, Resident Evil, an absolute piece of trash. I Probably the worst one in the bunch, which is unbelievable that it could get worse. It did. Um... Paranormal Activity 4 is... There's nothing redeeming about that movie. I remember it. No, it's like gone from my memory, but it's not good. And the worst movie I saw all year without a doubt. One for the money with Katherine Heigl. <laughs> what? That movie... What? ...is so bad. It's a really bad romantic comedy. Is that the it's, Ashton Kutcher oh, which is the bounty hunter? Yes, it's a romantic comedy, but it's not funny or romantic. <laughs> so Good there you job. go. I not, actually, not the devil inside? I never turn off movies. I don't. I try to make it a point to, even if it's really bad. Yeah. I actually turn this one off. So I can't wow. actually say I've seen the whole movie, but I've seen enough to know <laughs> it's not good. Um. So yeah. And then I want to make a quick mention, real quick, before we before we end here, uh, that. Nikki, want me to throw one out there for Magic Mike? She just wanted to let me know. <laughs> My fiance Nikki wanted me to let everybody know that Magic Mike is movie of the year. Every so. woman in the world wants everybody yes. to and know. My favorite, my probably other than Avengers, my favorite theater experience of the year. Because it was hilarious being in that theater full of women <laughs> as they were like, oh, Matthew. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. great. It was fantastic. So, Nick. Worst movie of the year. Um,. I didn't even think about the movies that I saw that I didn't like this year. Well, you don't think about but it as I, much. <laughs> Paranormal Activity Four, uh, on like a on like a a technical level, is the worst. It is it is the antithesis of everything that movies should be. It is a camera sitting in a room with people crappily acting, with a story no one gives a shit about, with tons of references no one wants to hear. It's nauseating <laughs> and really bla- bad. Like. It's dated set piece so things, bad. not set pieces, but like really bad uses of like like the Xbox Connect thing was yeah. so contrived. It was like, what's the point of this even? Yeah. It was yeah. just wretched. Not every good. Every regard. Not good. I left the theater just shaking my head, going, "Why? <laughs> why, Jesus? Why? Why this? Why?" Yeah, it's so bad. Um, Resident Evil also, of course, super bad. Really shitty. Um, 
I know it's not a terrible movie necessarily, but The Hunger Games, I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a dumb movie. And I wish so badly it had been better because I think the premise is, pro- is pretty cool if, if a little bit worn. But Don't worry, Francis Lawrence, 2013. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, Premium Rush. I Let still... me throw that out there real quick. Premium Rush <laughs> is really bad. It's it's not good. It's so bad. It's it honestly, it's Joseph Gordon Levitt riding a bike while Michael <laughs> Shannon chases him because he's got a lotto ticket. Sounds Spoiler good. alert. That's it. it. That's good. the movie. I'm realizing now like not working at the video store, I have not seen so many movies I would have otherwise watched. Like Don't watch that one. So many threes I would have <laughs> don't, thought. Don't do it. Um, I don't know. Don't do I it. I should give any other ones we saw in the theater. No. No. <laughs> don't do kidding. it. What? Don't let Shannon suck you in. Shannon. Don't let him suck you in. As if Michael Shannon's the one that would draw that draw me <laughs> to that not, movie. Not his intense love for GGL. He's GGL. a charlatan. Don't let him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think we saw anything else this year that really. Just, there weren't too many that even stood out where I was like, "This is a piece of junk." Paranoid Activity Four. Paranoid Activity stood Four out. was the one yeah. that I was like a little wounded by. Resident Evil stood out pretty pretty heavily. Alex? Those two. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> In reverse order, if I have to order them, but we've had enough arguments. <laughs> Please, that. God, if I hear an argument about <laughs> bad movies again from you two, I'm going to oh. cry in this can of beer and then drink that can of beer with my tears <laughs> and then cry some more. If it makes I'm you like, feel any, any better. You know what? Paranormal Activity right now seems even worse considering I just watched Chronicle. I watched a found footage movie. It's not, yeah. even, it's not even found footage because no one finds it. It's just told it's, through it's, ca- other cameras. Yeah. It's, yeah. But that movie found ways to make that that mechanic interesting and still keep the um, um, like a movie feel. Yeah. And um, and it was funny because people were saying I mean we could talk, we could keep talking a lot about Chronicle but it was it was fairly obvious that the main character in the movie kind of wanted to document himself. <clears throat> Even towards the climax, people were saying, "Why are there cameras flying around him?" Like because clearly the kid wants. Yeah. He thinks he's epic, so he wants to film himself. He's Akira, dude. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But the uh, the and even the way that the the camera would move around in that movie was very very cool, and um, it just made Paranormal Activity four look even yeah just massively dumber. Yeah. I wonder, the only way I'll see a Paranormal Activity movie again is if the ghost has the camera and is walking around with it. Maybe then it'll be interesting. <laughs> Toby has the camera. Well, uh, going by our schedule, we'll be seeing Edgar Wright's The World's End rather than Paranormal Activity 5. So. Oof, tough call. <laughs> That's rough. Are we going to be seeing the world is ending one? What's that one with this Seth Rogen? Um, there's that looks kind else. of funny, actually. Oh, when was that? With them playing themselves. <laughs> you hear about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember exactly when that ah, was. I don't know. It was a stupid question anyway. Who cares? I thought it was already out. No. Um. All right. So that is our end of the Super year long wrap podcast. Up. Yeah. Here. You get two about two hours of us. But uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. I'm down with the idea of Zero Dark Thirty in depth. I am as well. So I would okay. like to talk more about. I that. might go see it again. Go it see would, it with me. It would be it'd Come be worth another away. watch. 
comes out. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, right. we're loopy. Anyway, all that good stuff I usually say at the end. Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Look for us John. on Twitter. Thank you, John. And yeah. Movies. Go watch movies. Wow, it's over. It's after midnight. Holy tits.